Just before we get this started, I just want to let people know that we've got an offer on our Patreon at the mini. We've got our fame, it's called the First Under Club. Um, we do have Patreon members, but we're running an offer now, and it's £1.50 for everything. You get all the perks, but there's only 100 spaces. A, few, a lot of them have gone now. So once they're gone, they're gone. But you can stay on that tier for as long as you want, paying the £1.50. But if once they go... You get you get extra episodes, early episodes. There's already eight extras on there now, specials, and we've got crazy plans in the future. So just to let you know, we've got the offer and the links in the description below. This podcast was sponsored by CNC Custom Metal Paisley. CNC Custom Metal Fabrication is a process of creating custom metal parts, wall art, fire pits, and much more. Using computer, numerics control, CNC mechanics, CNC custom metal fabrication is used to create a wide range of varied products including aerospace, automotive, mechanical, industrial. CNC custom metal fabrication is the cost effective way to produce high quality precision parts and components. CNC custom metals produce fire pits, wall art, lead ovens, Memorable benches, memorable fences, 3D and 2D metal roses, signs, fences and gates. All the links to CNC custom material will be in the description below. It, so diamonds were easy to smuggle out because I, I end up smuggling diamonds in the, in the baby's nappy. That's <laughs> just people, the baby's nappy. That's what my intention was, it was going to get me dough. You know what I mean? And then go back home. But while I'm there, <laughs> you left South Africa and you owed the equivalent of £84,000 in tax. And the South Africans want it. Anything over $10,000, you've got to report it to the IRS, the taxman, yeah. dealing revenue service. So half joking, and I was half joking, I said, well, send 9999 she said, okay. She said the 9999 So the next few months, all I kept doing was sending 9000 <laughs> Taxman knew nothing about it. And losing the banking license, which was his billions. All because so we, of you. And, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not losing on you, your banking license, because of some little scouse. <laughs> I can imagine being furious. It's not just luck, though, is it? Because, as you said, no, you no, could, you could have been yeah. greedy. You yeah, could have done uh, yeah, no, yeah. I've always been a good problem solver. I've yeah. always been good at organising things and uh, and making sure it's, it's done right, which you needed to be in those days, yeah. It's a shame that it's too thingy nowadays, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can't fart without getting taxed. Yeah. <laughs> everybody and welcome to another episode of the I Kid You Not podcast with me, the host Joe Kid. And now we're doing part... What part are we on now? Part three. Yeah. (laughs) Now we're on part three of the amazing story of Jimmy Olivier. So yeah, um, we'll get into it now where we left off last time with South Africa. And now we're going into his escapades after that. So I'm, I'm... Come back to it, come back to the UK. So I'm back to the UK now, got my passport. So I thought, okay, now, do, do you know, I, I should have imagined you know I'll be coming back. And it did, but I don't know how they know I'll come back, but they only knew me as James Borges Olivier, British, right? So now I had my Irish passport and my Maltese passport. So I didn't want to use the British one at all. And I thought, I don't want to fly from England. And I, th- I looked, and it was Liverpool playing in Rome. So I thought, that's what I'll do. So I went home, see the few of the lads. I said, you're going to Rome? He said, okay, I'll, I'll fly to Rome. So I used my Irish passport to fly from Manchester to Rome. So there was no uh, Czech. What's the match with the lads? Spent about three, four days there. And then used, booked a flight from Rome to Johannesburg with my Maltese passport. Just James Olivia. Good enough. Still a bottle tester, but no problem. Go in. I'm in. I'm in now. I'm back. I'm back in South Africa now. So next thing is... Um, Got the apartment got the apartments on Schlanger Rocks, which they were um, which they were, they were st- staying in. So now the main thing is now get rid of my assets. So 
in South Africa, as I told you, he couldn't, he could not take rands out of South Africa. So the only stuff he could take out was, um, diamonds or Krugerrands. Right now, um, Krugerrands was, uh, I think I told you in, in the last, in the first one, is one ounce of pure gold yeah, yeah, the and as a value and you can take those overseas. Now, the, I looked at, at the, at where we're going to smuggle them because now I've, I've sold my assets. We've got paid for this. I got paid for that. We sold, uh, I've took a big loan out on the, on the, on the villa because I didn't want to sell it. I just took a big loan out to take as much capital out of it as I can. So now I had to change. So I changed all the diamonds and Krugerrands. So I had a, had a lot of Krugerrands. Um, and a few diamonds. Now with the diamonds in South Africa, if you buy a diamond, it comes in like a little, uh, C2 transparent plastic thing, right? And it's sealed. Yeah. With a Dubai, Dubai, Dubai stamp on. Now, that it has a description on the outside of this diamond. Now, that description basically you can put. You, you don't have computers that day, but they have a scale, and you just pour it in, and the price is what they'll pay. Any diamond merchants will pay for that particular diamond. And what you do, and all you do is you can take that stone, pay for it. You know what you're going to get for it in in Europe. You go into uh, Antwerp or what? what uh, Antwerp was the best one for, you get better money in Antwerp and Amsterdam. And uh, you take it in there, and providing the seal wasn't broken, they would pay you whatever was inside that packet. And once you'd agreed the price, then they'd open the packet and obviously checked out was, it was real. So that's how, uh, that's how easy it was to get your money out using diamonds. And you got to remember, everybody said to me, well, weren't diamonds cheap in South Africa? There's no diamonds with deer in South Africa because they mine them there. And if you, if you mine them, you make it dear there and make them uh, so it, you can sell them to the rest of the world. You know what I mean? You always have cheap diamonds there. You want, you want to sell them more. And it was a, it was a the diamond business. So were they, so were they, are they classed as, another way, like obviously everyone here is a blood diamonds. Is that, is that what they're classed as? Because of no, the no, no, they, they, no, these were, no. These blood, were. blood diamonds are, 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 are where, you know, where people aren't paid or they, they, you know, they, they, they work for, they, just slavery. Bad business, slavery, yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. No, no, the beers was a, a very big, reputable uh, South African company. Oh, okay. I mean, I used to sell the diamonds. It was amazing. I was, I was sort of uh, a cousin of the, the beers family. And he used to tell me, I used, do you have the, these big, um, massive offices? And they'd go, they'd have this one room, which was about 60 foot long. And they'd have on them, on these tables about, there'd be about 50 different boxes, just black boxes all around. And be full of diamonds. And each box, small boxes, big box, would have a price on it. And when the diamond buyers used to come into the beer's offices, there was no haggling, not like that. You used to walk along and go, do you want that box? It's a million rand. Or do you want that one? That's 150 million rand. And that's how it was. And you, you didn't get to look inside the box until you'd agree the price. You go, okay, I'll give you a million rand. I open the box. And that's how, they, that's how it was. That's how, how, how it was. Unbelievable over there. So obviously diamonds were a big thing. Uh, but... It, so diamonds were easy to smuggle out because I, I end up smuggling the diamonds in the, in the baby's nappy. <laughs> Just people, the baby's nappy because I knew, I knew, well, I didn't know, but I was hoping, I was thinking I might get searched on the way out. You know I me, mean? they might come on, even though I've got me false passports, but remember my missus using her, her own passports and I wasn't too sure whether there was a, a, a note on that, you know I me, mean? a warning on that. So anyway, I, 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 that's what I bought, I bought the diamonds and I, uh, I smuggled them out to uh, Antwerp in the babies. Now, please, we actually stopped at Antwerp, then went on to the UK. Now, with the diamond, with the Krugerrands, I couldn't take them back to England for the simple reason they had to pay VAT. And if I was to take them back to Eng England and smuggle them into England, then that would be defrauding VAT, which, of course, would be illegal, and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> So um, what we actually, actually done was um, a friend of mine, I'd say Ali, uh, he had a pal over in, in Miami. Uh, and he, he knew a few diamond people over there. He knew a few jewelers over there, blah, blah, blah. So what he said, he said, look, and I basically had to trust Ali. This is how, how, how much of a fellow he was. I basically had to give most of my assets. He was going to transfer them to Kugans. Now, what I had to do, because even though I was getting deported, I, I was allowed as a former resident, to take my furniture with me. 
took, took all my personal belongings with me. That, that was bothered with the fridge, although it was fantastic. And I've still got some of the pieces, actually, though, now. South, South African furniture made them in Beulah Wood. It's unbelievable furniture. But I wouldn't have took it home, you know what I mean? But he just left it there. But I seen a way of smuggling the Krugrans with the furniture. So I said to Ali, I said, to, all right, look, what I'll do then, I'll get the Krugrans, we'll load the container with the furniture, and we'll send them to your mate. Your mate's got uh, an importer in distribution in, in Miami. And so so that's what actually so that actually, actually happened. I knew we had six weeks to do it, and I think we'd done it with about a week to spare, you know me, before we went home. And so as far as I'm concerned now, this container with my Krugerrands in, a good lump of me dough, had gone to Miami. I'd, I'd already had some money sent back home, which had, while I was crafting, I had these diamonds with me. So, so I've gone back home, done the diamonds. I've um, uh, come, I bought a big house then, sold that house, bought a bigger house in Liverpool. I bought a food business, some properties, and some of the lads that were working for me in South Africa. In fact, some of the lads who worked in the band, I think Brian, who's working for VHF. Anyway, these lads are working for me in South Africa. I give them jobs in 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 the food company uh, and transport company I had. And then anyway, um, we then went on, uh, We and as far as I was concerned, I was back home then, and I thought to myself, you know what I mean? I still had itchy feet, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and there's one thing about working the mock auction. It's funny, you miss the actual, because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment. It's, it's, it gives you a bit of a brain about it, you know what I mean? So, uh, and it was a game I did. I did, uh, I had missed a little bit, you know what I mean? So, but nevertheless, you know what I mean? I, I thought to myself, I've got three kids, you know what I mean? I've done well, yeah. let's get back home. And one thing, another. And I thought, all I've got to do now is go to America. Go to Miami, cast me Krugans because in 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 America you could take Krugans over there and you could cast them in, and you didn't you could declare them as long as you were use that money as an investment in in America. So the container's gone over there. I flew over to Miami with Ellie, met his mate, blah blah blah, where we had the Krugans was stashed in all kinds of. Vaseline jars and, you know, that did tea chest and at the top it had all crockery. was all underneath there, you know what I mean? So always remember when we were unloading the casino. I said, give a fuck about anything else. Give me tea cart number 37 because I knew that that's where the Krugans were. So we uh, so we got all the Krugans out, blah, blah, blah. And I've talked about, and he's, uh, Ali's mate took me around to this, uh, this fella who, who buys Krugans, you see, uh, and were, I was illegally allowed to sell them because he'd set up a thing saying I was going to buy, once I sold the Krugans, I was going to buy a, a, a property, you know, similar to what I was doing in South Africa. Yeah. And provided I invested that money in Florida, I would, could, could have got Florida citizenship. So, um, so that's, what was, that's what my intention was, was going to get me dough, you know what I mean, and then go back home. But while I'm there... <laughs> Adam, let's only speak English here. Yeah? You know, it's a bit far from home. You know what I mean? So I thought to myself, um, why not? Let's let's see. You know, <laughs> I'm in Miami, and it was a, it was a, it was a lovely place, and um, and I thought, yeah, let's let's have a let's have a little go. So that's what actually happened. Then, so um, I left uh, I left I left South Africa. Went back to the UK, set up businesses there, and then I eventually uh, went over to uh, to uh, to the states. Now I thought I'd try try it first at Miami and see what it's like, but it wasn't what I thought because in Miami, it's a funny place. Miami. What year did you get to Miami? Miami would have been eighty-eight. No, eighty-five. No, eighty-five. Eighty-six. Eighty-five. Eighty-six. Yeah. Back in eighty-five. Eighty-six. Yeah. Time, time slide. Okay, so we we uh, so we've opened up in uh, Miami, but the trouble of Miami is that it's it, particularly in those days it's, it's changed a bit now. But in those days, it was just a big long strip, Miami Boulevard, massive big strip, and on one and there was always oh, met this massive big junction set of lights, and basically on one side 
of these lights were these big, massive condos where these rich Americans would go basically go down to die. You know what I mean? They'd go, they'd go and spend the last years there. And on the other side of the lights were all the Hispanics uh, and South Americans who were, who, were, who were there to service the apartments and look after the, the white Americans, you know what I mean? But neither were good to us because our, our, our punters are working class. We need working class, middle class. Old people don't want and um, Hispanics couldn't afford it. So we were, we, we, we did, we opened, we'd done a few sales, but we'd done no good. But we had, but it was Miami, but we had a good time, you know, we were, so we, we were, it was only me. I thought it was, I bought Mick McCarthy over. Oh, two of the lads, I forget, forget what, it was. but anyway, there was four of us over there, but we were having, a, so we, we were doing no good on, on the auctions, but we were having a good time. So we said, <laughs> so yeah, we, we spent a few quid. So next thing is, I said, look, Let's, this Miami's no good. What's the next town up? Fort Lauderdale. So we said, let's go up there. It looks, you know, with more working class and all. But when, when we go up there, we didn't realise it. Have you ever seen these films on TV, school breaks or something, these American school breaks? Oh, yeah, like... Uh, and they all go off the cakes. Oh, what are they called? They, they, they always have them. In, they, they go to Mexico and they're on them, don't they? Yeah, they're mad. By the way, this one was, uh, this was in, in Miami. And... Uh, in Fort Lauderdale. So next thing is, we've gone up there just when the school breaks on. So next thing is, there's kids everywhere. There's people jumping from verandas. There's scooters getting driven off roads. Yeah. It's just it's just madness, the things that was going on. You've never seen anything like And of course, during the day, there was these beach parties where it was just, you've never seen anything like Well, of course, we were just partying. You know, there's just no point in, in, in Dupont. Yeah, but we, we worked about, anyway, we, we, we're in Miami for a lot of the day now, and there's only four of us, and we, we thought to ourselves, now, we've been partying for about six weeks. Um, we'd had, we did, we'd had any money because for, neither, neither uh, town was any good. So we moved up to, um, we decided to find out the best place that was called, Jack, a place called Jacksonville, which is a steel town, right up on the top yeah, in, in North Florida, yeah. Jacksonville. So they were working people up there. So, and again, all, all, all the, all the same nonsense has to be set up for moving from place to place. But when I went to Jacksonville, we, we started to do well. So that's when I bought, I ended up bringing the wife and the three kids over. So, which was funny because he'd been moved from school, pillars of post had been from South African school to a British school and now to an American school. In fact, I remember going to the school once and see the, the boys standing, uh, standing with their arms across the chest, across the heart, singing the uh, American National Anthem. But didn't know what to, I thought he didn't even know where I'm they were. I forget the name of that. I can't, that's in my head, isn't it? But it's not saying it. I know what you mean, though. The breaks, it's called the something, isn't it? School madness and so on. Yeah, because they always go to Mexico. Yeah, they go all over the place, yeah, Mexico but Fort Lauderdale's the most popular one because yeah, it's the cheapest yeah. option, you yeah. know what I mean? It's a Florida, and, yeah. and anyway, it was a madhouse. But anyway, we moved us to Jacksonville, and we and we done really well up there. We'll be right back. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. There's a lot of blacks in Jacksonville, though, isn't it? I'm not like, because loads of rappers come from Jacksonville and stuff. Loads of what? Rappers. Rappers? Oh, no, no, no. So, no, the reason we went to Jacksonville, it was a, it was a steel manufacturing no, town. I mean, was there a lot of, is there a lot of, is, is it like... Uh, it was a lot of black people up there. Yeah, no, yeah. no, mostly, no, mostly, uh, it, 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 it quite mixed, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. Mostly, but mostly white, while you remember. Because I think but, there's a lot of gang crime there now as well. Oh, yeah, but then we got to them. This, is the, now, this yeah, is the yeah. 80s, you know what I mean? There's no gangs there then, you know, we're the yeah, only yeah. gang there. So anyway, we've, um, we've gone to work and, uh, one of the funniest ones is uh, we're working uh, in Thingy, and so next thing is we've got the house in Jacksonville, and I've spoke to uh, Jimmy Barton, who was in uh, who was in uh, South Africa with me. Now he he lived in LA before, you see. So I said to him, "Do you want to come over and and work with me over here?" You know what I mean? So he said, "Yeah, okay." He said, um, "But we'll." Um, 
he, he, wants, he does a few different scams he wanted to do, you know what I mean? So I said, all right, well, come over and we'll, we'll see what we do. So we worked Jacksonville. And as I say, we've we done all right. But next thing is, we got the, uh, we got the Better Business Bureau on our case, right? Because you get the complaints, you will get complaints. So that was the first, first uh, Dickie Bird we had, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Inkling. So we, we battered them. He said, oh, oh, yeah, what's the problem? Like, we used to have an accommodation address. So we had this lovely office address, blah, blah, blah. It was just a care of address. You know, we saw all our mail used to get sent there. I think we were called um, Great Britain Investments or something, whatever, you know what I mean? And this office, plush office address and our mail. But it was only... And so he said, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we've been to your offices, but that's just a, uh, I said, oh, yeah, that's just an accommodation. That's not a problem, is it? No, 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 that's all. We just need to see your uh, uh, tax certificates, residence permits, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I've got none of that, you know what I mean? So I thought, nah, it's time to get off. You know what I mean? So um, so we, we left there and we went up. So I thought, so well, where do we go here? So I thought, well, like, the best place to go for, where there's, where, where the entire State is working class is Illinois because of course you got Detroit and you got uh, Chicago, yeah, Chicago making all yeah. the car productions up there. So I thought, well, that'll probably be the best pl- best best place to go. So we went up to where um, we moved up to Chicago. Gone ahead to, anyway. Flew up to Chicago and I set everything up and uh, got the apartments and the uh, and the way and a little warehouse sorted out. And and the, we, so we just started to work in Chicago. Uh, I was a bit wary of Chicago because. Uh, there's a fellow called Soapy Smith who'd, who'd worked there before. And Soapy Smith was an old auctioneer. So, so yeah, sweet there. So, let me catch up. So, yeah, so you're going to Chicago. Better, better thing for you. So, yeah, so... Well, the best of business pure in our case. So, we thought, go to Chicago, get out the way. Because uh, here's the funny thing about you, as you probably know in America. Um, you can be wanted in one state... But as soon as you go across the border... Oh, yeah, it's all different laws. Yeah. yeah, so if it's a misdemeanor like ours was, yeah. you know what I mean? If, if, as soon as you went across the state, you could, and that would be the end of it, you know what I mean? It, obviously, as long it's, as a fed- it's not a capital thing. Yeah, cap- it, well, yeah. federal. If it's a federal, federal charge, law, then it yeah. becomes federal, but then the FBI get involved. But come from state, so it was ideal for us. I thought, well, this is fantastic. As soon as it comes on top of one state, there's 52 to go at. So I'll just pop into the next yeah, one, you know yeah. what I mean? Got 52 states to go at. Didn't look so we use um, Soapy Smith then? Well, Sophie Smith was... Uh, it sounds like a Yeah, well, <laughs> I knew there'd been some sort of auctions before and I'd done a bit of homework and I found out about this Sophie Smith. Now, they, they, have a, they did have the, what they call the auctions in um, in America, uh, but they, they, the mock auctions, but... It, it wasn't. It wasn't quite like ours. They used to have what they call Soapy Smith, and them used to work on what they called the Midway. Now the Midway was they have these massive big shows, agricultural shows in America. These big state fairs and everything else, massive big um, uh, surrounds everything else. But the main drag there's a Midway, which is right now, and it's where all the stalls are and the shops are and all that, and it's where you get the auctioneers, right? And there's a fellow called Soapy Smith. But how they used to work, they used to have the Ostrom right out where the people were walking and then you used to have the place behind them where and we used to pull people in, work them, and then get them through to the back where they used to be worked, diamonds or or or, or bracelets or watches, anything else, through the back. Uh, and it was it was it was different to ours completely, you know what so I mean? So he was already there doing that. No, no, this is this is going back to the nineteen forties. Oh, okay. Stead and very poor Sophie then, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, but nevertheless, the, 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 uh, that was the only inclination I had of, of the mock auctions. And it, it, the reason I mention that is because when we were working in Chicago, when we were in Chicago working the halls, Jimmy Barson would come over. And um, I think the lads we had over there was uh, a good friend of mine who sadly passed now, uh, Mick McCarthy. Um but a good few other lads as well over there, mostly Liverpool lads. But I remember while while um, I was waiting for the missus to come over from Jacksonville and I was waiting for Jimmy Barton to come over from, uh, he was in LA. We went to see his palace to see uh, Sonny Sugar Ray Leonard, you know the fighter? Oh yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard from the 80s. Um, anyway, whenever, I was with a couple of lads who school, all the boxing circuits. Uh, Doddy and them, and um, when he was a good boxer, Harry Carbs always used to be the boxing dudes. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my Harry, and um, they, they they used to box them off with tickets now and again. 
either in the fight. Wasn't he Frank Bruno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's a good fella, you know what I mean? Because the, the lads used to always go to the boxing man, he used to bump into him, and if you could get them a freebie, he'd get them a freebie, you know, in the after party and all that. Was he around in the... When we are when Steve when we do my dad and we would have done the boxing. Has your dad passed it with when did he pass Yeah, away? your dad yeah, no, your dad lived. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, 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 you probably did do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, you're a lovely fella, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So anyway, we're in um, we're in Caesar's Palace and Sugar Ray Lennon's on, on, on the fight. So next thing we've all we've all our got tux, tuxedos on. You know, last so we see so we've been the fight and seen seen Ali afterwards. I said, Ali, do us a favour. There's four of us. I said, get, can you get tickets in for the the party upstairs, the show after the after fight party upstairs. And he went, he scouses, he got no chance, lad. He said, I've got two camera staff with me, can't even get them tickets. You've got no chances. You will not get in. So he went, fucking ask after that, fucking try, you know me. So jumped and left the floor, we saw tuxedo, top floor, blah, blah. Went out, went at, went at the blag. I think I, I think he used one of these moody, moody press, you know, the, the press Thailand ones. They've, they've gone into many, oh, yeah. many, many places. But anyway, went at the blag, you know, we're over in Associated Press, we've done a bit, blah, blah, blah. And the fella just looked at me and just went, if you name, basically, your name's not in, you're not getting in. You know what I mean? He just, boom, kicked us out, you know, back in the lift, so back down the lift, gutted, you know what I mean? Sugar Ray Leonard, and all the top stars were there, you know what I mean? Richard, uh, Richard Byrne, Mickey Rourke, you know what I mean? So, so downstairs in the in the foyer. And next thing is, I seen this fella walk along uh, Caesar's Palace, and it's, it's got staff only, right? So this fella's walking, and he's got boiler suits on with Caesar's Palace, and he's walked to the store, but he's put code in, put code in and walked to the door. So I thought, well, so just walked over there and another fellow comes up. So as he's walked over, I clocked a little, I've seen the four digits, he punched in. So next thing he says, like, come, come here. So we've gone in and in the door. As we've gone in, there's like a long corridor. And as you go in, there's all these fucking boiler suits hung up with Caesar's Palace on the back. So I cough for four of these. <laughs> so we cough for each one of these. Stuck, stuck it over our tux. And there's a, where we were sitting in the hallway, there's like a box, a big uh, oil painting, two boxes painting like it's fighting like that. So we coughed off the wall. Remember, we've all got our Caesar's fucking maintenance staff on, or whatever case maybe in the lift up to the top floor. The doors open to the bouncer. Presentation for Mister Leonard, the old painting for management. Oh yeah, take it through here. Took it through the back, down the back, pulled down the back. Puts in this. Uh, the manager, buffet manager, something messes the door. He said, like, Oh, yes, I'll show you where to take it. Come down here. So he took us down the back there. He said, Just pull down the back wall there. So we went down there, pulled on the back wall. Right? He'd fucked off. We'd gone in the cars. He took our boiler suits off, back with the tuxedos, gone in, having a bevy. <laughs> All the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, Ali Carms has come over. We'll be right back. Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! He said, how the fuck did you get in here? And we, we explained, like, he said, well, and that story I've just told you is in Harry Carpenter's um, life story in his, in his book. Is it, yeah? Yeah, funny enough. But uh, so anyway, we've, we've eventually now, we've had enough time, you know, in Florida and messing about now. We, we, we need to make some dough, you know me. So, and we did, we did do well in Chicago. So we're, um, we're up in Chicago and I've got Jimmy, Jimmy Parsons come over. Now, Jimmy wants to do other scams. Now, there's one thing about me. I, 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 whenever I've worked the mock auction, I've never worked another scam next to it because I think one can bring the other one on top, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I said to Jimmy, look, Jimmy, I'm only here for the, 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 the auctions. I said, enough doing it for me. I said, I said, what games do you want to work? Well, he just, he just escaped from prison in, in, in the UK about two years before. He was on his toes. That's why he was living in L.A., for the photo scam, you know, the models where you take pictures and, oh, yeah, you have to pay the ministry. All the, he got that. We only got six months, Nick. You know what I mean? And uh, I think he only had a month left or something and got fed up. He was in open prison and jumped off and got off. 
So he was on his toes for that. And he had a false, he arrived in, 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 in the States with a false passport. I said, you're bad enough. Is he on your toes? you got a bent passport. And now you, what, what scam do you want to do? So he said, I met this fella. Wants to do the, the, the 0900 scam. So, you, uh, oh yeah, what's the 0900 scam? <laughs> oh, what's this one now, the 0900? Okay, well, you know when you, you know when you dial these, um, and this is when they first come out in the 80s, you know, you find these premium rate numbers and you pay a pound a minute. Yeah, yeah. And all that premium. Okay, well, the firm, the pound a minute, BT probably get 10p and then the firm get the 90p a minute. You know what I mean? It's okay. big money. You know what I mean? Big massive money. So what Jim, Jimmy had done, he'd found this, he'd found this, uh, computer nut because remember it's in the 80s computer was just coming out yeah. and, and he met this fellow in the barn he was a bit of a uh, genius so he said yeah I can do this and I can I can link phones so they can do that. and anyway what's what Jimmy set up is this put an advert in the paper Chicago he's put he's put uh, housewives do you want in extra money a day no, no sales required, just a telephone line, blah, 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 pays man, British company and all that. So they treat people with ring up, housewives, go, yeah, what is it? I can earn $100 a day. I said, yeah, yeah, that's all you have to do. So what is, and you know, we come on the British accent because the Yanks used to love the British accent, you know, <laughs> that's how we used to get away with so many things and because he just didn't think yeah, the did Brits would have them. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, um, so Jimmy, you go, uh, yes, my dear, we're from Britain and we're doing a sales promotion in the, in, the, in the United States. And all we require you to do is take the orders that come in from the States. He says, I'm what? says, and we'll ring you what? We'll get calls daily and you just have to answer the phone and, and just tick off the blah, 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 the, the, the orders and all that. So they all said, oh, it's great, you know, that, that, I'll have a bit of that, you know. So what do I have to do? He said, well, you can't have your own phone line. You've got to have a separate phone line because we need a 24-7. So you have to set up a separate phone line, he says, and then give me the details of the phone line so I can pass it to my it's my company in Britain to send you through the orders. But what Jimmy would do then, he'd have, basically, they sign them, oh, they give the account number and everything else. So basically, they sign all that phone line to him. Now, what he does with that phone line, he goes to see this computer phone, he says, and he gives them like a load of phone numbers. He says, yeah, I've got, these 50 housewives signed up to take British goods. What the fellow would do, he'd have something on the computer, whatever he'd done, that was linked to these 089 numbers, and he'd link it so that the, the, the computer would call these numbers, right, every minute of the day, right? But they wouldn't hear it ring that side. But what would that mean? He'd have something inserted in the phone that would answer without the people known as being ringing. And of course, it would answer to these old 900 numbers a pound a minute. So he was getting fortunes. You know what I mean? He was, he, so, he, but he always told me what happened. This was, so this was in LA before he come to Chicago. Because I said to him, I said, I'll bench up on the beach. He said, you're on your toes. You've got bent passports. And now you're doing this scam in, in LA. Get charged for it. Right, this is what happens. This is what happens. Here's where the tickle comes in. Good enough. I like this scam because it didn't affect it. The housewives didn't cost them yeah, a penny. Yeah. So all all water and he told me I would come on top. This I would come on top. He said, he said, he said, I got the checks. You know, you do get safety deposit box. You know what I mean? It, 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 at the post office, you know, you go in and get one of them boxes and all that. You know what I mean? So it's just a PO box. Nobody knows where you live. So he said, I went in the first week. He said, he says, I got these checks out. 12 grand, 12 grand. He said, I'd earn us in a week. He said, put the money in. He said, went back the next week, 60 grand, 60 grand in the next week. I couldn't believe it. He said, I'd only just started. So he was like that, he, all coming in. I was all from AT&T, AT&T, all checks from AT&T. They were paying him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they were billing the housewives. But when it eventually billed the housewives, the housewives go, I haven't made any fucking calls. And then AT&T go, oh, it's a scam. But... I'll explain how we got out of it with AT&T. It's amazing, really. So anyway, he's doing it now for about four or five weeks. It's up to about 150 grand, right? Dollars, right? So he's, he's had about a quarter of a mil from the job up to now, right? And it's just getting more and more each week. Because <laughs> so, he's signed up more and more housewives each week, you know what I mean? So the next thing is, and it's just up with you, man. Like a lot of people, they don't know when, when a scam comes on top. It's, it's time to go, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just wipe your mouth and move on. A lot of people don't. It's greed, like, yeah. like anything. Like all of them, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, next thing is, 
He said, so I went back the sixth week, he said, he, he says, and he said, that's normal. He said, pulled up, he said, he said, and he said, and there's a, it's fucking some old tramp fucking sitting in the gutter with a fucking bottle of whiskey, a couple having a necking outside the shop, and there's a fella bushing up. He said, I went in the butcher, opened the bottle, as that opened the fucking tramp jostle up the cover, <laughs> and he bumped. Nicked FBI. He's nicked, didn't he? FBI? FBI, it's federal. Oh. It's money. It's mail fraud. Massive over there. Massive. So, uh, yeah, so it's mail fraud. So he's nicked now. So I said, out. He said, so they nicked. He took me back to the fucking station. He said, then. He said, he, he looked me up, found I've got a false passport. I'm on my toes from the UK. And now I'm getting done for this fucking fraud. Uh, this wire for dollars. Oh, I said, how did you get out of that? You know, because he's fucking freezing. She can't go now. I said, how did you get out of that? He said, it was dead lucky. He said, first of all, they phoned to the British authorities. He said, they had a fucking month left. We're not going to bother extraditing them for a fucking month. Yeah. The passport, he, 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 he blagged. He went like that. He went, oh, well, I just used it to get into the country. But now I've now got my own passport, which he did have. He got his own passport now because he'd been able to apply for his passport because the British authorities ain't come after him for the prison. So, I said, well, how'd you get away with AT&T? All that fucking money calls from lean palm. He said, AT&T couldn't work it out how we done it because remember, he's in, in, in visiting. He said, providing he refunds what money he had, I think he had an underground left out to quarter of money, refunds the underground AT&T that they had frozen in the accounts anyway, which he had to do anyway. But providing he told them how he'd done it, they wouldn't press any charges. And that's what he had to do. He had to sit down and show them exactly wow. how he'd done it. So AT&T... 18 months, fucking hell, we could have, you could have been ripped off for billions here, you know what I mean? So AT&T knew what to do in futures yeah, and yeah, stop yeah. that forthcoming scams, you know what I mean? And you can know how many scams are coming on computers from like, but that was one of the first ones what, what Jimmy had, you know what I mean? That's mad, that. Isn't it mad? That's like what all the Indians are doing now, isn't it? They're ringing your arms. Yeah, well, look at those bounce back loans, apparently. The one firm had something like fucking um, seven billion or something. Like, well, the, the thing with them is, if just, I just want to point on them, Jim, like, I know a few of the lads have got them in there, but the, the, the government stood down for them, isn't he? So they just liquidate your company and then... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, but there's no company there to begin with, and that's it. But when we were... Um, anyway, when we were... Uh, we're working in now. We're working in Chicago. We're doing well. You know, we were, uh, we're doing really well. And it, it, Chicago is a fantastic city. Fantastic city. The nightclubs and that, they are just a different class million miles an hour I'd love to live there I'd, I would I always said that if I lived anywhere in the world I'd yeah, move back to Chicago loads of, loads of Irish there as well no there's loads of Irish the Irish bars we used to have some times there there's a club there called September's the month I was born and we used to have the VIP table at the front with the champers and everything you know me oh it was it was you know the business is there any mob there then what any of the mob in there? no 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 you talking about the, I mean the mob were about in the 80s but we never we, you know, we were working auctions and all that we never come Cost them and all that, you know what I mean? Chicago's where they talk, like, yeah. That. Oh, you got a very twang, it's very yeah, twang because yeah. it's close to Canadian borders. You got the mix of the, the Yank, so Irish, it, Canadian. Like, it's like that, that mob type of talk, isn't it? Yeah, Chicago, that's yeah. exactly it. Is like, but I mean, again, it's just like in Ireland, you know, what he said, I'm an IRA man, you know, yeah, yeah, somebody's yeah, a gangster, yeah. not gonna say they are, you know, what I mean? but I mean, obviously, with this, I always remember going to September, and basically, it was like the shaky. All the other tables. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, you know, they're probably grafters, who knows? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No, they could be lawyers, I don't know. Even bigger sharks, uh, even more. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we, we're working, um, we're working uh, uh, Jacksonville. Uh, we're working uh, up in Chicago. And Jimmy says, um, I'm going across to Canada, because he couldn't keep still, Jimmy. I'm going across to Canada to do, a, uh, to do a scam. He wanted to do it in Chicago and I wouldn't let him. Now the scam, it's a credit card scam. Now, you know, credit card nowadays, you just go like that, don't you? Click it. Well, in those days, when credit cards first come out, you used to have the machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> so you used to put the card in the machine, swipe, swipe it, it, right? And then you used to have a ring up to get the authorization. If it was under, say, £50, you didn't need authorization. But anything over £50, you had to get authorization. So what Jimmy wanted to do with the auctions what I wouldn't let him do because I said no the auctions are the auctions I said you go to Canada and do it in Canada so we went over to these auctions in Canada now he wasn't interested in what he was selling because all he was doing was he was taking credit cards <clears throat> and he's basically selling gear nobody was complaining because he's basically selling the gear at a cost he wasn't right. bothered he just wanted credit cards so what you do you get a credit card let's say you get punter under $50 so the punter under $50 swipe it sign here love now, the slip you're left with, it's got five digits. 
and the 150 is in the last three, right? Now, what Jimmy used to do, right, depending on what the punter was, right, he'd change a one into a four, or he might put another one in front of the one for 1100, whatever the case. But what he used to mostly get was the 50s. People used to spend the 50. Now, with a 50, he'd just ring up and he'd go, he starts off at 950, go, I've got cut a card in. Oh, no, sorry, can't authorize that. Okay. I've got a credit card here for eight. Oh, we can't authorize that. Until it comes down. I've got a credit card here for, four, you know, the same 50. I've got a credit card here for 450. Oh, yes, we can authorize that. Here's the authorization go. And then he puts the four in front of the 50, right? Oh, and he get the authorization. Now, the beauty about this in the banks in those days, when they had a credit card slip, it was cash. So when you went and banked it the next day, it was immediately credited to your accounts as cash. So... <clears throat> Jimmy went over, done that in Canada and got an, a nice few quid out of that, you know, out, 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 of, out of the credit card scam and all that. But And then he, he eventually come back and worked with me um, in um, in Chicago. Let's cost this off. One thing we used to do when we used to work these halls in uh, Chicago, we used to have, a, as a, uh, tell you, an accommodation address. Now, when we used to book these halls and hotels, we used to say, that, like... Um, we booked them and we'd say we're a sales promotion. Oh, it's a British company. We're here, sales promotions to sell uh, goods that are mostly from Britain and all. It wasn't this little Chinese shape, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and they used to love it, you know. Oh, yes, we book all that, you know what I mean? But we used to give the accommodation address. So anybody complaining about it, go to go back to the accommodation address. So um, what we've basically done... Um, we used to book hotels and we used to, we used to book the hotels and we used to book the hotel rooms and then, and then the bill could come to like two, three thousand dollars, you know, for the night, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what we do, we did, we go, yeah, can you please send the bill to our company address? And they used to send, and we, we just didn't pay them, you know, when the bill didn't come, come. But one day we're working in, we're working in the, um, we're working in Chicago, uh, Chicago in this, uh, this hotel. And next thing is I've finished the sale and I've gone out to the bar a glass of lager while the lads are wrapping up. And um, busy's everywhere. And I've looked and I've gone, oh, plod everywhere. So the next thing is, what to do? I can't not go in, you know what I mean? I thought to myself, so I, because the, the dough was there and everything, you know me, the box of dough and everything. So I just went in and said, oh, officer, what's happened? And he don't mess about there. He don't even talk. She just handcuffs, put behind your back. In the, in the so next. you got next again? Got nicked, yeah. <laughs> so, so when we're down, we're, so I'm, I'm concerned now because I've got no permits whatsoever, you know what I mean? We'd have that aggravation in Florida. But lucky enough, the police don't understand about permits and all that, as far as they're concerned. They're just worried about the crime. So what's, what's charged with? And it was a serious charge over there. You know, you just don't pay an hotel bill. It's just not an hotel bill. Over there, it's called defrauding an innkeeper. You know, they tend to exaggerate, yeah, but yeah. just like car theft over there, it's grand theft grand auto, you know what I mean? So it's just, they make it sound weird. So, so I went, oh, no, the, the bill hasn't been paid, and I'll check up on it, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, blagged our way out and all that. But And he said, and where's your permits to be working here? And I just showed them, I had the, you know, the, Tourist visa just showed us the busy. They looked and they went, okay, because <laughs> they don't know what you do. they don't know, you know what I mean? And we were dead looking. And I thought, well, that's dead too close, that Jimmy, you know what I mean? I said, hell, Jimmy, you've had some I luck, said, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think, well, that's what I said to me. That's why my nickname was Lucky. But anyway, um, I'm writing this down because you don't want to forget most of it, John. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. Yeah, I can imagine fucking yeah. the amount of stories. That's what that that's what's the good thing about these like when you say about yourself, you know what I mean? Fucking hell, the the, the life you've lived, you, there's that many stories you'd have to write yeah. it down. No, fucking hell, yeah. And there's loads of mist here, but so anyway, now so as I say, uh, we worked in Chicago now. What we're in Chicago, it's now eighty-seven. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Um and it started coming on top in Chicago. We were in the papers, funny enough. We were in the local radio, which again meant that we were getting, it, it would come to the uh, the attention of the authorities, or the giants, as I like to put it. But um, yeah, so it was uh, 1987, and um, the back end of 87, and I said to Jimmy, look, we'll have to leave Chicago, Illinois. Let's just do what we've done in Florida. Well, you know, we're wanted here. We're wanted here, Volcano, on our case now. Let's jump the border again. 
and set up with his Wisconsin. So he said, yes, sir. <laughs> so next thing is, we've got these two big U-Haul trucks with all our furniture and belongings in, two Cadillacs, and a Cadillac each. And so Jimmy's in, in his Cadillac with his beard. They had no kids. I'm, I'm with the missus, and I've got me three kids, and there's these two, two U-Haul trucks, uh, and, uh, and Anthony was driving the other one. So we, we've got like a little convoy all wrapped up, and we go, okay, Wisconsin. I said, I booked this hotel, in Wisconsin, we'll go and stay there for the first week till we get outsourced out, you know, blah, blah, blah. So as we're, as we're driving up the border, I see all these lights. And it's got, welcome to Wisconsin, you know, on the border. I see all these um, busy lights, all, all busy cars right along the front. And I thought, looks like a, a major terrorist incident or something like this. I thought, I wonder what they want. So as we approach the, as we, as we approach the border, this... This sheriff comes to walk, walk towards me. So I found the window down. I said, what's, uh, is your problem, sheriff? What's the problem? He said, you're the fucking problem. Straight like that. Right in my face. You're the fucking problem. You're not getting in this country. It's blocked. Turn around and fucking get back to Illinois. That's what he said to me. He said, you bitches cunts aren't coming in this. What the abuse, the abuse you give me is unbelievable. And I meant, I don't think you've got a right to say that, officer, have I? He said, take it up with your senator. <laughs> you know, something like that, you know. He said, but you are not getting across this border. Border blocked, of course. So in America, the states have borders, do they? Yeah, it's, yeah no way. It's states, and as I say, if you do something wrong in one state, you just go across the next, and yeah, you can't yeah. touch it unless it's a serious crime. It's like a country It's serious crime, but obviously this fella just took law on his own. And, and I just like, turned around to Jimmy, and I went, okay, we'll turn around. And Jimmy said, oh, come on, we still got work in Chicago. And I said, oh, Jimmy, I said, I've got three kids. I said, I'm done. I said, it's time to go. I said, let's have one more. Let's have one hooray. One more, one more, one more dig. I said, there's still a few areas in Illinois to work. I said, we'll work and we'll, we'll do an LF to finish off. What the? F an LF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm just mesmerized. So what's it? LF. An LF is a long, a long firm. It actually wasn't down your list, Joe. It no, was... no, no. So just for people who are watching, I've had to, like, obviously do research and that because it's that mad of a story. So I had notes for myself. Um, so obviously it's all like code words and all yeah, that. So, so, yeah, we... so what's an LF? Okay, so an LF is a long firm, right? Um, so basically what it is, it's, you set up a firm and you deal with certain amounts of suppliers. Um and let's say you'd, you've got a thousand pound credit with that supplier. So you buy a thousand pounds worth of credit off them, pay them back at the end of the month. Second month, you get two hands worth of credit off them, paying back two grand. And you're doing this with several other suppliers. And the stuff's coming and you're selling the stuff, even if you're only selling the cost, you're not bothered. Your stuff's coming and you're just getting rid of it. But because we were doing the auctions, we could get rid of it anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why we've done LFs in Ireland. America and I went back in South Africa in 92 to do a major when apartheid had ended and Mandela was in control I went back and then they, uh, <clears throat> the deportation was lifted then because obviously there was no apartheid law there in 92 but I'd have to do another podcast <laughs> but anyway so the LF is a long thing so basically to build up these credits yeah, yeah. until you eventually get to say you owe the firm 20 grand and then it's off ski close down and you, and you go off you yeah. know what I mean so <clears throat> So that's, that's like a scam in itself, so I think scam in yeah. itself, yeah. Uh, uh, and it's 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 what we've done. So so we've done that, and next thing is so we we've got a few good now. I I told you how I got my money on Ireland was easy, told you how I got my money on from South Africa, but with America, you'd think dollars would be easy to transfer, but America had a problem, and it was a problem I found this out in Florida. Because, I mean, we hadn't had any money really in Florida. So I didn't really have, have any money to send home, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's only when I was, when I was to Chicago, Illinois, uh, that we, I had sort of, um, where I had my banks in those days was the Bank of Ireland, as most of the lads did, you know what I mean? Because if you had your money in the Bank of Ireland, most of the lads had the Bank of Ireland in Dublin, and then it couldn't be taxed with it in, in, in the UK. So... Uh, I'd always had the Bank of Ireland, uh, a Bank of Ireland in Liverpool accounts, and a Bank of Ireland in Dublin. And when I was in South Africa, and the, the, the groups I told you about, I got those lads that paid into the to the uh, to my the Liverpool accounts, and then it was transferred over to Dublin, where I had a, a, an investment account over there. So that's that's how, how I got my money. Now, when it comes to America, I, I think I had about fifteen thousand dollars in in the account, and I thought. 
okay, well, I don't need anything else. I'll start sending this home now. Because uh, we, we're cutting it short and everything. I'll start sending dough home. So I, I had a, a, an account in a, a, just an American bank in Chicago. And I went in and I said, look, trans- I want you to transfer this 15000 over to me Bank of Ireland. Now, the Bank of Ireland had just opened up, dead lucky, just opened up a, 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 in New York. First time they had the US bank lines. It was worth billions to them. The major asset for a big Irish bank to get on the New York Stock Exchange, New York banking system. So they just, and it was ideal for me, because I thought all I have to do is get my money to New York and they'll send it to Dublin for me. Sound, you know what I mean? So next thing is, I opened, I opened an account in the Bank of Ireland, New York. And then I said, to, uh, I said, look, I'll be transferring my money over, love. And I said, I've sent 15 grand over now, but I don't want it to stay in New York. Can you send it over to Dublin for me? She said, I can't do that. So she said, if anything over $10,000, you've got to report it to the IRS, the tax man, yeah. dealing revenue service. I thought, fuck that, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I don't need that, you know what I mean? So half joking, and I was half joking. I said, well, send 9999 she said, okay. She said the 9999 So the next few months, all I kept doing was sending 9000 <laughs> Taxman knew nothing about it not, and nothing else. And that's how it went. So it was custody for me. It was great. And um, so, so as we've done the LF, as the LF, all the monies were coming in, because when the LF monies were coming in, of course, we weren't paying out now, so we are just getting the money coming in, going out. Our next thing is, uh, I said to Jimmy, where are you going to go? And Jimmy said he's going back to LA. I said, well, I'm going back to the States. Yeah, I'm going back to I'm, I'm going back to the UK. And uh, as far as I was concerned, I thought all my money was transferred over to, into the into the, into a, a Bank of Ireland in Dublin. I thought all my dough's there sitting there. I'm going to go back and have a... Um, be fantastic, you know what I mean? thought no more of it. <laughs> so, um, so next thing we've done, done the LF, and we've got it's just counting up what's what's left and on one thing another. And um, I said, I said, listen, I've got a checkbook here. I must go to the shopping centre. You know what I mean? I should fit, write the che- checkbook. I can so I've gone to coming here. <laughs> so, so I've gone to the shop. I always remember they had a Del Boy coat. They were proper. I mean, the proper Del Boy, you know, the sheepskin coat, yeah, Del Boy. Yeah. Oh, I wish okay, I kept you it. Should have got, you should have got that for yourself. I did. I bought, you know what's funny? I've gone in. I've seen. I've gone. Oh, I love that coat. I've gone. I'm, I'm taking that. Yeah, like pay by check. You should have said something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, oh, it's gone years ago, Joe. I'm sorry. You can keep all it. Anyway, give him a kite. Give him the check. He's gone, okay, blah, blah, blah. And as I'm, as I'm talking to him, there's this big, massive, you know, them big, massive American barbecues, all the gear and big, massive thing. Gas and cuckoo rings and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And I've gone there. there oh, God. Oh, that's, a, that's a lovely barbecue, that, isn't it? He said, yeah, well, can I interest you? It's on his, I said, no, lad, it's no good to me. I'm going back to England tomorrow. I said, it's no good to me, you know what I mean? He said, no, we can mail it. you mean mail it? Yeah, yeah, we can you can send it over. Uh, we'll park package it and send it over by UPS. I went, you can do that with anything. <laughs> so he said, "Yeah, well, that was me." Then I just blasted, I just blasted everything, and I went dying. I bought furniture, I bought barbecues, clothes for the kids. I'm just kiting it, you know what I mean? So I'm not coming back here again. So I thought no more of it. So was that just on credit? Was it? It was on check. Check, yeah. Give me a check, and you know, I mean, I was I was doing one anyway. So, um, next thing is, thought no more of it. As far as I'm concerned, wrapped up now. Let's go home. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm home now, back in Liverpool. So I'm back in Liverpool, phone Jimmy. Uh, I'll come I guess it's your feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, by this time, I've had three kids now. And, I'm, you know, I've done well abroad. So, you know what I mean? I was just, I wanted to stay home then. Yeah. Like, really, I think. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway... <laughs> but anyway I end up staying, and um, so next thing is, I thought to myself, okay, I'll just go down, go down to Bank of Ireland in Liverpool. Got the reddies, got some reddies. So I walked the Bank of Ireland. So I love I had a checkbook with me, signed the check. Yeah, I love cash that for us. I'm good. I said, I'm sorry, Mister Levy. Said uh, your account's being frozen. I said, what do you mean, my account's being frozen? What's the fucking screen? Next in Bernie Collins, who's the bank manager. The doors open the boss. He said, Jimmy, come down here, come down here. You could see him panicking. So I fucking went down. What the fuck's going on here? Your account's being frozen. What are you talking about? He said, sit down, sit down, Jimmy. I said, tell me what's happened. He said, the Attorney General 
of Illinois has made us freeze your bank accounts. That's what you mean, made you free. You can't do that. You Has he got court order? And even he's got court order. He's got court order in this country. He said, no, no, no. I said, well, it can't be done. He said, we know that. I said, what's he doing for? He said, because... And then he explained what happened. He said, you've been sending 9999 and evading all the tax. Wow. You've evaded X amount of tax and all that. I said, so? Because that sounds... He said, well, we've allowed you. He said, we've... Basically, our staff didn't know and, you know, basically must have walked the bed. So frozen your account with all the money you were so, sending over? So he said, we've, we've had to freeze all your accounts in with Dublin, Liverpool by the Attorney General. They didn't have a pot of pissing, nothing. They got a ten in my pocket. So everything you did? No, let me tell you. So we said, so I said, everything got in, yeah. It was all back here. Because I, I thought this was the safest place. So I said, can't do that, you can't do that. He said, I know that, Jimmy. He said, but look, what happened? He said, you know, we've just got a New York bank. Like, this is what the Attorney General said to him. He said, if you don't, he said, stop his accounts. When he found out the Attorney General had done kiting and everything else, and he'd found about the scams and the auctions and everything else. So we got onto the Bank of Ireland in Dublin and said, freeze his accounts. And he said, we can't do that. He said, well, if you don't freeze his accounts, you're going to lose your New York banking license because you were, it's your fault that you fucking sent 9999 You know what I mean? And that's what happened. And apparently, he said, this Bernie sat, when I eventually sat down, Bernie said, Jimmy, what happened? He said, only last night, they had a meeting at 12 o'clock at night in the New York Stock Exchange. He said, they were, we're that close to getting expulsed, expulsed, well, whatever this is, off the thing, and losing the banking license, which was his big. Billions of, because so we, of you. Uh, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the board, apparently the, uh, the chairman of, uh, of the board over there, where he said, I'm not losing our New York bank relations because of some little scouse cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine being furious. Anyway, so I said, okay, he said, I said, I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to answer me people and say, I'll fucking get you some cork. You know you can't do that. But that's what he wanted. He said, we know that, Jimmy. That's what we want. We need you to take us to court. He said, and that way we can at least go back to the attorney general and say, look, we froze his account, but you haven't got court, so the judge is fucking lifted. So when I see me, uh, me brief at the time, the uh, good brief she was, due to the forum in uh, North John Street. So I explained all to her and she said, you just can't do it. It's illegal what they've done. It's illegal. And you, what compensation do you want? Oh, it's just me dough back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll get you in court tomorrow. You've got me an emergency court, right, um, in the court, Derby, law, Derby, uh, Derby Square Law Court. Yeah, yeah. Got me in the next day. So next thing is, uh, I, I went in, the judge fucking broad, and I like, how dare you implement a request from a co- another country and awesome sovereignty and this and that. We didn't have, didn't have slag him off. And he, um, so next thing, we release all his money straight away, blah, blah, blah. Freeze all his accounts. And, and he looked at me and he went, what compensation would you like, Mr. Olivier? And I didn't even think about compensation. So I just, I just said, oh, grand. You know what I mean? I mean, it was like five grand nowadays, you know, yeah, yeah. grand. And a thousand pound. You see the way when you go, you oh, you oh, like, yeah, <laughs> But I was just made us to get me dough back. And I always remember going in. And Ben, I've gone in and Ben, and I've got the court order. I said, here, let's give it to Ben. He said, oh, Jimmy, don't do it with us, you know, honest God, you know what I mean? I can send that over now, you know, we'll, we'll be off to you and all that. So he said, he said, he said, hey, do you want a check for your money? I said, a check? You think you're going to give me a check? Because I was scared in case he chased where the money was going yeah, to. Yeah. And in those days, you could open up an account in any any means, you need an idea or not, you could open a main. You could walk into an account and go and say, yeah, my name's Jimmy Olivia, but I'd like the account name of Mickey Mouse, please. You know what I mean? There, there was no idea in those days, banking. Was a lot, that's why it was so easy to get away with a lot of scams in those days, which you can't do, unfortunately, nowadays. So um, so that's what that's what happened. So we went in and, and I had uh, two of the lads uh, Good pals of mine, Mick McCarthy, was over with me and Tony Daniels. So we went in and I tried to tell my only one cash. So the, I had, we had to wait to get cash the next day and I went in with bin bags, filled it with cash. And we had two, two big, uh, two big swords, like swords in the side. Cause didn't know where we go. And all we done, all I done with the lads took me around. We opened about 20 accounts that day, just opening different accounts, you know me? Cause I was scared and chasing it, you know, getting some sort of law in yeah, this country yeah, against yeah. me. But I never ever heard, I never ever, I never ever heard back off them. So that was it. That was the end of that one. So that that was that was in nineteen and that was in um, nineteen eighty seven 
And then uh, I was I went back in 1988. Uh, sorry, that was 1987 in Chicago. Moved back to the UK uh, in 1988. And that was the last time you've done. And that was me until 1992 when the, the other one come up. But I think that'll do us for now, Joe. See how we can pick out that one, lad. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't believe he's in. I can't believe we've got through it all, lad. Do you know what? That That's some story. That And, and by the way, people, Jimmy's going to be bringing a book out as well, which will probably have, obviously it'll have more detail in, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Watch out for the book! That's a crazy <laughs> life, that. I'm just sitting here like... But all I can say is you, you're fucking being lucky, mate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, my middle name's lucky. Honestly, we are, if you, you listen, no, I'm talking about these things. Well, the other you? things I've been lucky at. It's the cleverness, though, as well. As you say, you weren't too, you know. You well, do you know what? Do you know what, Joe? You've know, always been proud of me, of the fact that I was like uh, 17, 18 when I first owned my own business. I went over to Ireland when I was 22. You know what I mean? And that took a lot of setting up. But I went to South Africa when I was 26 with two babies. Didn't have, didn't have hardly any money. I managed to set up a business that it was that turned over a fortune of money. You know what I mean? That's so, what I'm saying. So like, just, you've been, it's not just luck though, is it? Because you, as you said, no, you no, could, you could have been yeah. greedy. You yeah, could have done uh, yeah, no, and, yeah. No, yeah, with, with, with the mock auction. One thing you must never do with them, which other lads do, is you, you never work two bent games. So if you're doing a mock auction, it's a scam. You don't do something else alongside it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because one can bring the other one on top, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's just, but it's, it's organisation, but I've always been good. I've always been a good problem solver. I've yeah. always been good at organising things and uh, and making sure it's, it's done right, which you needed to be in those days, yeah? Yeah, but, well, that's it. And like, as you say, it's a, sh it's a shame that it's fucking too thingy nowadays, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can't fucking fart without getting fucking taxed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that was the funniest, you know, when he said, here's the funniest story, you know, you say about, um, when I eventually come home from America, right? <clears throat> no, it wasn't from America. When I first come home from South Africa, before I went to America, right? I bought this house. Uh, the house is still living today, funny enough, in West Derby. So I was in this house, I bought it off a friend of mine and um, I'd only been home, I'd only been home about, I'd only been back from the States a couple of weeks. So I got a knock at the door, right? Um, and it was the taxman, somebody for the Inland Revenue Office. So they got this letter, they got this letter and I thought, they, I thought it was a novel or something. So they said, Mr. Libby, we've come to see you about... Uh, you dual, this one is a dual tax debt. What do you mean dual tax? What do you mean? You say I owe you tax. So yeah, you owe 80, you're owed, the dual tax debt comes to 84,000 pound. So I skipped back and I said, no, it's not, it's a quarter of a million pound. She said, are you joking? I said, you fucking started it. You know, we could, it was just bollocks of us. I was what are going on about tax? I have not worked in this country for the last 10 years. So next thing he said, no, it's from South Africa. You left South Africa and you owed the equivalent of £84,000 in tax. And the South Africans want it because we have a, this is what's amazing, we have a dual tax evasion scheme with them. So I said, and this is while apartheid was still going on. I said, so what you're saying is that I know a fella, Stavros, who went to London, killed two people. Went to South Africa and you can't touch him because of apartheid. But if he would have owed the tax man money, you could have come after him. I said, so, and that's what I mean about money, you know me. Every, everything to do with apartheid, British films weren't allowed, BBC wasn't allowed to broadcast, you wasn't allowed, uh, British Airways wasn't allowed to fly. There were so many restrictions on South Africa, but the old tax... <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's always the same way though. Yeah. If you get exactly. into tax evasion now, the fuck yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's messing now. Yeah, but thing. when you know when it comes it's a bit rich from one country, you know they say no because of a parasite we you know, it just shows you that you can kill somebody in the UK and go live in South Africa and they can't touch you. But if you're taxed, they can come after you. Yeah. Madness. It is. But that's that's the way that's the way of the world. <laughs> And you have to navigate them as best as you can. Well, that's it. The tax man's horrible. And, um, but yeah, man, that's just been amazing. 
I'm going to have to... Yeah, I think that'll do us, Joe. I think most of it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed um, part three um, of the podcast with Jimmy. So, yeah, he's going to be bringing a book out soon as well. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll get it sorted and that'll be more detail, mate. You couldn't... Well, I say you couldn't write it, but... You've just dared it. Crazy. I've never known a story like that. Well, as I said, Joe, doing the podcast has has helped me because I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have sat down and, and just done this, you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. certainly I've typed, I'm too busy anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but this is good because I've got the podcast. Although the, there's plenty I've missed out in the podcast and that's why that's this time saying, I, yeah. I, I, I brought notes with me. I, but with an island, I missed loads out because I didn't bring any notes with me. But uh, obviously I'm still, still, there'll still be plenty left in the book. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So you don't want to put yeah. everything out there. So there's, no. there's still a lot to be said in the book, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Thanks for Jimmy to come in anyway, part no, three. No, thank you, Joe. And no doubt they might be a part four, so you'll have to uh, <laughs> keep your eyes out for that. And I'll speak to you all soon. Bye-bye.